Welcome back to Sin Theater Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Romans chapter 11. It reads, I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have demolished your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too at the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see, and ears that would not hear, down to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and bend their backs forever. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means, rather through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. Now if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now I am speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous, and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as firstfruits is holy, so the whole lump, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true, they were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree, and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way all Israel will be saved." As it is written, the Deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient, in order that by the mercy shown to you, they may also now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Today, as we walk through this Ursula, we kind of get to 
really two almost conclusions. It's the conclusion of 9 through 11, the argument that he's had, but really even bigger than that, it's the conclusion of what he's been developing since chapter 1 through 11 before he's going to transition to work on some practical things for how we now live this out. And so as we do this, he brings us to an image, an agricultural image of grafting that's probably not too familiar to us as we're not doing these things. We don't really live in an agrarian society, but he uses it to help us to understand how the Gentiles are brought in to be a part of the promises that were given to the nation of Israel. And so let's unpack that today so that we can rightly understand the relationship that's there and how God is continually working through that process. So verse 17 says, but if some of the branches were broken off, and right there, what does he mean in that? It's He's really talking about the Jews. So if some of the branches were broken off, that's when the Jews didn't believe, right? And you, although a wild olive shoot, then he's talking to the Gentiles there, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree. And the nourishing root is... Christ. And so, yeah, there's that process of grafting. And what was happening was, if you think about Israel, they had all these olive trees all over and they grew all over. And what they would do is they would cut off all the unproductive branches of the olive tree, break those off, throw those into the fire because they would get in the way and they would take a wild olive branch right? That means a wild olive tree that grew and they would cut it and they would very carefully, very delicately attach it to the existing olive tree. And some of these olive trees were thousands of years old. That's how old these, these trees are. They're absolutely magnificent. They take this young, wild olive branch, graft it in. It's, it's just this process. It's a very delicate process. It's a very tender process that actually has to happen. Very carefully applied and you know, that wild olive branch is very tenderly treated right there where there's this little cut in the tree and they baby it and baby it and baby it until that wild olive branch starts to then grow into that older established root that's already existing. And that's the picture that God's giving us here. The Jews that were broken off because they refused, they rejected Christ. We see that in the Gospels. They refuse to believe. And because they refuse to believe, God then took the gospel through his disciples to the Gentiles, right? Paul was definitely a disciple to the nations. He calls himself there. And then because of that, the Gentiles were then nourished through the root, which is Christ. But I think it's interesting here. One of the things that's happening is that In verse 18, he says, don't be arrogant toward the branches. All right, you Gentiles, you Christians, because you have the truth. Are you now arrogant? Are you now self-righteous to the Jews because they rejected the truth? And these are non-believing Jews that we're talking about, right? Paul's warning them that, listen, the only reason they were even broken off is so you could be grafted in. So be careful. And we have to watch that, right? When we start to judge other people that they might not have the truth, 
instead of really wanting to take them the truth, like we talked about in verse 10, faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God. And we're really commissioned to go and spread the truth. We're, we're to share that truth. We can kind of become self-righteous and go, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have the truth? And I think that Paul really continues that as he works through and talks about, hey, it's a mystery. Why would God do this? Why would he even allow us to be a part of this? But I really love the process that he takes as he's walked through all of this because it ends up in beautiful worship of God. And really, that's how he wraps this chapter up. 33 through 36 of chapter 11 is him responding and guiding us to the place where we're not judging others, but instead we're sitting at the feet of our Savior, understanding the depths of grace that God has poured out on us. Because it's not our place to question what he's doing. It's not our place to question why he would do these things. But it is our place to worship him for what he's doing, to understand that his plans, his ways are higher than ours. And that's the place where I hope each of us can get to as we've walked through this is understanding the amazing grace that's poured out for us, understanding that it is a mystery why that process would take place. And it's something that we can't fully understand or grasp, but we're so thankful that he chooses to extend it beyond just the nation of Israel. And we know Because of his goodness, his faithfulness, his justice, his righteousness, he will still continue to keep those promises for those people. Because, hey, when you graft something in, you know what the most important part is? It's that root. You've talked about that. Think about a tree. The roots are what allow that tree to have the nourishment that it needs. It's not the branch. There's nothing special in the branch. You look around right now, here we are in the fall in Kansas, the trees that still have green leaves. You know what they all have in common? Deep roots. They have deep roots that are getting all of the nourishment that's left. They're taking all of the water, everything that they can out of the places they're at. The trees that have already lost their leaves, it's because they didn't have the ability to continue to give the nourishment or the nutrients and all the other things that those leaves needed for them to stay alive. Thus, they've fallen off. And so the root, as Ursula reminded us, the root, that's Jesus. It was the root for Israel. It's the root for us today. The truth of the promises of Jesus, the faith in him that God has laid out for those people is what allows us to participate in now the greater family of God that is the church and the people of Israel who are the true believers. As far as the question today, when we look at verse 32, it says, for God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. What does that even mean? How can we understand that, especially in light of what he's trying to do in this chapter? What a great question. You know, we're all born in Adam. We've talked about that in some previous chapters. We're all born into sin. Why did God even allow that? Why do I even have to be a sinner? I mean, can't God just make me not sin anymore? Can I just be a robot? Well, that's not God's mercy. That's not God's plan for you. He wants you to have free will. And where that free will and his sovereignty intersect, who really knows? That's that's one of the huge mysteries that can be debated for all time. But look what he says. He says, even in that 
consignment to disobedience, even the fact that we are born in Adam and that we're born sinners, right? Why did he do that? Because he wants to have mercy on everyone. He wants to display his glory in your life. He wants to extend the ability for you to have the saving knowledge in Christ Jesus. And it's right back to the gospel. It's right back to the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. You know, it's unsearchable because that's the mystery of Christ, that he would even bother to save us from our depravity. But he does. Isn't that the mystery? But Christ came and he's died for you. And today's the day. Don't harden your heart. Call on him. You can believe on him. You've heard the word preached to you. Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God. You need to bow the knee, submit to Christ wherever he has you. He is calling, he is drawing, and that's what he wants for you more than anything. And that's where he wants us to be before we move on to chapter 12, because he's going to start talking about what the overflow of the gospel is in our life. And if the gospel is not present, the overflow is never going to happen. And so dwell on that today. Spend time reflecting on the goodness of God in your salvation, if that's present, or what that process needs to take place to allow you to understand that salvation is a hallmark of your life. As you ask those questions, as you examine yourself, as you respond to the gospel today, know today you are loved. 